Well, here we go again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I'm the editor-in-chief here at Sci-Fi for Me. Broadcasting live Monday through Thursday. And we're supposed to be broadcasting to YouTube, Odyssey, and Facebook. And it appears, once again, YouTube has disabled the go live button so uh if you're we've put the link on youtube uh, this is another uh another opportunity for us to encourage everyone to connect with us over on odyssey because youtube being youtube um i see mazers over in the chat on odyssey hello good to see you there and and it may sound like white snake but it's not the music that we have in our bumper rotation, all paid for through a license with Storyblocks. I will say that out in the general public because YouTube and various different algorithms have a tendency to, uh, well, let's say, get overzealous a little bit. Oh. Now, if you're listening to us as a podcast, you don't have to worry about watching us live. You're listening to us in replay anyway. But I do encourage you to join us live for these discussions. In the meantime, if you are live, the chats are open. Uh, if you're on Odyssey and want to make a comment, you have to have an account there. We figured that out the other day. Uh, we're also on Facebook, so you can leave a comment there as well. So there's that. <laughs> I tell you, it's just one of those things where uh, I just I just don't know anymore. I just don't know. All right, today on the program we are going to be having our monthly money talk uh, discussion. Uh, normally we have two. We have Matt Stevens, we have Dan Danford, but Dan is in a conference call and is not able to join us today. Uh, so Matt Stevens is here all by his lonesome. Good morning. Good afternoon, sir. Hello. Good how morning. Are you? Glad to be here. <laughs> so, uh, we had, we had a number of links that we shared we passed back and forth and various different things going on, but I wanted to, I wanted to go back to something that you had posted a while, uh, I guess maybe about a week ago. Uh, I know you've been on the road and we haven't had a chance really to catch up on a whole lot of things, but the something you posted about natural gas prices going yes. up 300%. Yeah, uh, for a long time, the, the vast, a large part of natural gas that was produced was a result, it's a byproduct of fracking. They don't really necessarily want it. And uh, when as soon as they banned fracking, I thought, and I, if you go back to my post back from getting close to a year ago now, you'll see that I said uh, this means natural gas prices will go up, and it'll probably go up a lot more than crude oil will. So, what kind of what kind percentage. of impact does that have on the economy for something like that? Because I know you know with with a lot of the things that have been going on the last couple of years, you know, the impact of the pandemic and the lockdowns and the economy doing what it's been doing. And I've been taking a look at some of the different things. You know, I, I coined this hashtag Fahrenheit 1984 because on occasion I look at 
the the things that are going on in our society through the lens of comparing it to various different dystopian fictions like the Hunger Games in 1984 and that sort of thing. And then you have this. Uh, somebody posted the other day that, that meat prices apparently have doubled by now in, in the last year. You've got the natural yeah, gas price going up. So. Transportation yes. transportation has been impacted. Uh, I've seen posts where people are talking about things are still sitting in, at the docks in the, in the shipping containers. And trucks are sitting there and they're loaded, but they don't have any drivers. And, and we've got the, the pandemic extension of unemployment benefits now expiring we've got the supreme court saying that the administration cannot mandate that you know, any kind of a restrictions on evictions or yeah i mean all of this stuff just starts to snowball and then you've got the stuff going on in afghanistan and you know china's getting squirrely with taiwan and, and i'm thinking 1984, Brave New World, all of these books were supposed to be cautionary tales, but it really feels like we're just kind of hurtling toward the brink as the dollar, you know, you like you were, you were talking about beforehand, you know, as much as we print money, we'll just keep printing money and keep printing money, but that reduces the value of the money. Oh, sure, yeah. So, yeah, everybody feels like they're making money, at, uh, but they're not. We're really falling behind. But so, I, mean, I would say real estate doesn't, go up the dollar goes down yeah so let me that, since you put yourself up correctly you can kind of leverage against uh, you know you, most people leverage their real estate but right 30 percent down or so and, so let me put my tinfoil hat on for a second there how how far in it how far away is an economic collapse at this point do you think i mean i know i know that's a that's a conspiracy yeah. theory sounding type of thing but I lived through 1979, and you know the stuff that happened in that year. Uh, this seems like it's 1979 on steroids. Uh, it, yeah, could be. In fact, 79 that we had the super high interest rates. Uh, so I don't, I don't know when it. This could go on for a while. If the banks could, you know, they print money. I, the the federal balance sheets have probably increased just about the same amount that the stock market has gone up in in value. And uh, everybody, uh, all other, most other countries are doing the same thing. So it's all sort of relative. I assume at some point, one country, will, one of the major countries, Germany, I doubt it'll be us, maybe Japan, that will just say, okay, we're going to make sure our currency is protected from here on out. And that will sort of be the beginning that we won't be able, somebody will have to stop printing an unlimited amount of money, which is pretty much what we're doing now. Re remind me, what year did we go off the gold standard for the dollar? Was that 80, well, 81, seven, or was that earlier than that? Well, uh, Nixon pretty much did it, the, did the final one. Okay. So he closed the gold window, and so that would have been, I think, 71. So the dollar has value only because we say it does now. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Just like Bitcoin. Just <laughs> well, it's a little more. Well, I don't know. If it's really any different. Yeah, I saw an article, and actually, that was one of those one of those articles that I'd sent you guys about. There's there's a cryptocurrency, and it's not Bitcoin. I want to say it was something. It was something else. That. Oh, uh, now that I now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember exactly what it was doing. Um, let me 
let me look because this one this one I thought was rather interesting about um, let's see here let's see if I get this on a pro this yeah, article there's... this article from ProPublica let me see if I can get this up here let's uh, this where is it um ProPublica this. Here we go. I have to push all my buttons here. This is an article from ProPublica. A banking app has been suddenly closing accounts, sometimes not returning customers' money. This is from... Um, when was this filed? It doesn't say. July 6th. So this has been a little bit, but it's a, it's a neobank called Chime. And it says here, they're racking up complaints from users who can't access their cash. The company says it's cracking down on an extraordinary surge in fraudulent deposits. It's little consolation to customers caught in the fray. Um, so, apparently, there's an app. I've never heard of this Chime app. But they're basically freezing accounts with no warning at all uh, provides app-based banking services to an estimated 12 million customers has according to experts been generating a high rate of complaints with 920 filed at the consumer financial production bureau since april 15th many customers have told them they can't access their money or accounts among other things chime is slow to resolve problems uh there's a lot of um it, what is what is this about? I don't. I, you know, I'm don't. I'm not familiar with this particular one. It's does not sound like a domestic bank. Do you know if it's a U.S. based? Uh, that's a good question. I do not know. Um, do 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 do. do. Real quick, but I'm not I'm not seeing anything here. Uh just right off the, uh Chime is based in San Francisco. Okay. Venture capitalists have given the money a valuation of fourteen point five billion, and the company's CEO said in late May Chime might prepare to go public as early as this fall. Okay, based off the news you gave, I would say that they're gonna have a down round and we'll never go public, but that's just <laughs> that's my opinion. So. Well so, so they're not a bank, and it doesn't seem like this is kind of it's it's not exactly cryptocurrency. This seems like kind of a hodgepodge uh, hybrid between the two, where you've got uh, you've got some app, and where do you put your money? And then there's no guarantee that you can get your money back. This is not FDIC insured or anything. It really, this, well, this kind I mean, of smells really, a little bit like a scam. I mean, well. uh, they're just transferring money between, I don't actually know where, where are your Venmo funds tonight? If they're in your Venmo account, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know where they are. <laughs> Somebody is somewhere in the world is earning interest on them. It's not me. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, so I don't really know how they're protected each night. Um, I think they're big enough and money's not in there long enough, usually. But, you know, what's, what's one interesting thing about those things such as Venmo, there is a balance there that might be there forever. People, you could run a whole economy just based off of transferring Venmo balances back and forth. 
and uh, that's could be concerning. How does um, how does that work? Well, uh, if I owe, owed you some money, if I got somebody gave me five hundred bucks, it's in my Venmo account. I transfer it to you. It remains in your Venmo account. Then you pay somebody else, and it never leaves Venmo. Nobody ever takes it to the. You know, you could take it to the grocery store and, and buy some bread, but uh, by and large, it's could be in Venmo for the rest of your life. Is this bouncing it, back and forth? Is this part of the big push to get everybody off of using physical money? I know there's a couple of. Well, they would love to do that. Uh, uh, the conspiracy theorists out there. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole branch of this from you know e- even well before QAnon days, but it really hyped up during all of that talking about. You know, companies wanting to get us out of physical money and get into crypto and, you know, d- digital funds well, and using your, your cards because it's all trackable. Right. And, and another, there's another thing to it. If we all use nothing but cards, keep in mind, every time you swipe a credit card, a bank is essentially taking one and a half to two percent. No. So, so, I mean, it's a good way for the big banks to get another maybe... Maybe they mark it down. Maybe they end up with one percent of the economy that turns over every six months. Maybe more often. I don't really know. Yeah. But nobody really talks about the fees involved if we went totally digital with cryptocurrencies. It would be. They're probably. It, it be, they're probably not talking about that by design. I would expect. Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, most people don't know. I mean, uh, your small businesses. I mean, if you ever run a small business and you take credit cards, you realize, wow, at the end of the month, if I just paid a small fortune, and yeah, I mean. You know, I spent eight hundreds to thousands of dollars. They're what uh, in uh, credit card three percent. I think. Yeah. Uh, Mazer says. Meanwhile, I saw an article earlier this morning. Walmart announced a partnership with Litecoin. I'd be interested to see what develops from that. I also that, saw that, but I that also saw that it is false. That that yes. is not actually happening. There's some some. Yeah. I guess it was a gag or something. I'm not sure. I don't know. Walmart is denying it. Now it could be that. I wouldn't think they would go with Litecoin if they did something like that. So it's probably not true, or it could be something that is not true yet. Yet, yeah. So well, if they were to uh, go with some kind of a cryptocurrency, would you expect them to go more for Bitcoin because of the recognition factor and the established so. history that it's got? I would think so. I would say most Americans have never heard of Litecoin. Yeah, I so. I hadn't heard of it either until I saw that this morning. Yeah, yeah, I've been following it for a while. It's it's been around a while yeah. for a while. But see, things... and I don't really know the technical structures of what what differentiates them from yeah. the other. But... but things keep moving so quickly on a lot of this stuff. It's hard to keep track. I mean, it's it's all there's so much information overload on so many topics right now. Uh, you know, economy, politics, all, you know, the healthcare, all of these different things. We just keep getting inundated with all of this stuff and it keeps changing. It's hard to keep, I mean, I get whiplash looking at, you know, whatever comes next in terms of vaccinations and masks and no masks and, and, you know, this, this sort of thing. And it really feels like to me. And again, you know, putting the tinfoil hat on, it really feels like this is by design. This is this seems calculated to overwhelm the regular Joe average citizen into just completely shutting down and say, fine, whatever, do just leave me alone. Well, you have. Well, let's just stick with politicians. You have groups, maybe 10 or 15 different groups of politicians that are fighting for the news cycle. 
So, you know, how can I get it in the news this week? And then once it starts going bad, how can we replace this bad news that we've created with something else that will play better? I think that happens frequently. I think it's pretty obvious. You know, we forgot about what's going on in Cuba, Hong Kong, and we'll forget about it. It'll be nice to forget about what's going on in Afghanistan. And those are all devastating things that maybe we shouldn't be involved in any of them but sure well and that that raises a point where you know and and i know from from our standpoint here you know you start to you start to pay attention to this stuff and you pay attention more to it when it starts to have a direct impact you know it, it gets personal after a while and say okay well now my job is at stake with this with this thing as far as the the vaccination mandate. Now I personally don't think that the president's got the authority constitutionally to do that because that 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 authority is not vested in the executive. It's a legislature thing more than it is anything else. But then also you've got the Tenth Amendment, you've got states' rights that kick in there all all altogether as in in addition to that. But let's say mandate comes down businesses are going to have to force their employees to get vaccinated and we're seeing the impact on this with hospitals and some nurses and doctors are sitting there saying i'm out and so now the staff staffing issues are going to create there was this one hospital i think up in new york that said we're going to put uh we're going to put maternity delivery you know baby deliveries on pause for a couple of weeks because we don't have the staff yeah, you know, yeah. they're okay. gonna give a memo to all the all I know the people better. memo to new mothers. Don't give <laughs> birth yet, right? <laughs> well, and I imagine they'll redirect to other hospitals. But you know, staffing issues that's going to become a problem because not only in healthcare, but you know, restaurants and service and industry and and transportation. And, you know, I I occasionally will freelance for ESPN, and we got the we got the email here a few months ago that the Disney company is requiring all of their employees to be, to be vaccinated. So even the freelancers who come out there working, you know, as stringers for the network, whether it's ESPN or ABC or wherever, you know, all of those people are supposed to be vaccinated as well. This thing is going to have an impact because how many people are going to sit there and say, I don't want to have it. I don't need it because I already had COVID. And that's gonna that's gonna have a huge impact on the economy with with unemployment going up. Yeah, and they're government subcontractors. That's gonna be a huge one because people are going to say, I, I can't even I may or may not get this government contract, but let's all get vaccinated right now in case I do. Yeah. So I'm I'm not opposed to being vaccinated, but it's uh you know, it's not really the place in particular of a government agency like yeah. OSHA or the CDC to they're not supposed to be writing laws they're not supposed to be forcing people to do things they're not really supposed to be able to throw people in jail so well and you have the other side of that you have especially in in with regard to the federal stuff you have agencies that are coming out now saying okay you're going to tell us we have to do this but we don't have the resources to do it in terms of if we're going to do weekly testing or if we're going to require everybody to do these vaccinations or whatnot, we don't have the resources to monitor it. We don't have the resources to maintain it. Yeah, you know, where is the money going to come from, from, you know, from from the costs that are that are involved with this and rest, you know, small businesses especially are going to get hurt because 
I don't have any doubt that the government will will continue on this. It won't just be businesses of 100 employees or more. It's going to be all businesses. You all have to require your employees to do it. And how many people are going to be out on the street because of that? And sit there and go, you know, I've been working, I've been working here for 30 years. You know, and job performance is not going to make any difference if this thing goes through. And by the time it gets to the Supreme Court, all the damage is going to be done. Can our economy recover from that kind of collapse, do you think? Uh, well, the, to me, the real problem is it puts such pressure on small businesses that they they suffer. And that's where dynamic growth occurs. And a lot of a lot of the regulations I've worked in a I've been in a regulated industry for 40 years and it's a lot of regulations are written, I think, because small companies can't comply and therefore can't compete. And the big companies are that they don't have to worry about us because yeah. there's such pressure. We're, we're too busy trying to figure out the laws and uh, devote some resources to complying with not, not laws, but these rules, but if you can't obey them, they'll put us out of business. And, the big companies can go on and they, they hire their legal teams and and uh, slowly they, you know, enough of us disappear that they don't need to function efficiently to keep us out. So well, and it's kind of simple. And that and that brings up an article that I saw. Uh, I can't remember. Oxfam, I think, uh, is is where I saw it. Looking at the fact that 56 new billionaires were created last year, 2020. Nine of them CEOs of big pharmaceutical companies, but you also have people who are uh, uh, Airbnb and DoorDash and and those kind of companies, uh, which were making money hand over fist in the days of the lockdown because nobody could go anywhere. Nobody wanted to get out. Nobody could get out. And it feels like a paradigm shift in terms of uh, what kind of businesses are going to thrive in the marketplace moving forward if we continue to get, uh, if we continue under house arrest, I'll say, because it really does feel like, you know, you're not able to, you know, you look at what's happening down in Australia and I think, you know, there, but for the grace of God and the ownership of guns, go us. You know, we're, I mean, the U.S. seems to be on that trajectory, except they haven't taken our guns away yet. Yeah, well, uh, Australia's constitution is very similar to ours, minus the first 10 amendments, which we know as the Bill of Rights. And it's kind of uh, doesn't the government has a lot more authority to do uh, things without much consequence. <laughs> The freedom of speech is uh, not really guaranteed in Australia. That's, yeah. that's the big one. I saw a press conference out of, I think, New South Wales, and I don't know who it was that was that was speaking, but they were asking her about contact tracing and, and various different aspects of this lockdown. And without a, a never you mind, she just casually mentions, well, we'll just have to see what that looks like in the New World Order, and just and just kept rolling through, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, New World Order, this is this is Brave New World 1984 uh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> you, you're not supposed to do that kind of thing. You're not, yeah, you're not supposed to use that phrase. So. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like nobody's hiding anymore. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> You know, that's for the that's for the secret secret meetings on the island when you're all wearing your hoods and nobody knows who you are. I mean, they, you're not supposed to do that in public. 
But it feels like we're on this trajectory toward, you know, and I hate to say 1984, but it really does feel like this dystopian, various different decisions and mandates are taking us down that road. Well, there could be a lot of, uh, I, I think, whether it's structured or not, but there'll be, there'll be shortages coming up and we'll get start getting used to that. Uh, you know, shortages of one type or another. I don't think there'll be starvation in this country for a while because, no. uh, people that there's never been a case where an armed society has starved because the world always produces enough food. And if you have weapons, you'll go get it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but the, not, not that we're advocating for that. Let's, let's be oh, clear. No. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. I, I got to get, get the disclaimer long ago. So yes, I don't yes. tragic boating accidents. But, you know, it's yeah. it's it's one of those things where, you know, for the algorithm, we have to make sure that we get that disclaimer in. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just it just feels like one shoe keeps dropping after another. And like you were saying earlier, the the stuff that's out there now distracting us from the stuff that was out there a week ago, distracting us from the stuff that was out there a month ago. What's next? And is it going to be? Oh, I, can, I think it'll be shortage, ha- housing shortage, uh, shortage of safety, uh, energy. Those will be the things that we'll, we'll kind of get used to. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens after those those things. And I don't think they're really on purpose, but just inept handling of uh, the base of, of things. Well, the natural gas uh, price going up. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of it's heating, but it's not just heating. It's plastics. Maybe plastic's not a good thing, but one good thing that comes out of natural gas is fertilizer. Right. And if you say, well, people say, well, let's, we need more organic fertilizer. Well, that comes from cows. So you need, we'll need millions and millions more acres of, of cows producing fertilizer for that. <laughs> so, or, I mean, it's just, uh, there's a lot of things going on that there's, don't have to do with driving on cars. And, yeah, there's an opportunity there to make a joke about other entities that spread manure, but I'm not going to make yeah. it. <clears throat> yeah. um, it just, I don't know, I just, I, I, I keep, one of the things that bothers me is the fact that, you know, our channel in particular, we don't, we don't necessarily focus too much on politics, but as we go through this, uh, you know, it it's very hard. It's 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 a challenge for me to avoid making those comparisons because you know you've got uh, this doctor uh, Liana Wynn, I think is her name. She's making the rounds on all the all the talk shows, basically talking about how in the United States we need the social credit type of system like they've got in China. Where if you don't oh, get vaccinated, you should not be available. You should not be allowed to basically participate in society. I was like, what? What kind of a nut are you to advocate that in the United States of all places? And the the, the just the whole proof of vaccine mandate card, you know, that whole card, and and the people make a whole uh, thing about you know school vaccinations and everybody needs to be vaccinated to travel and you got to be vaccinated to be in the army and all of that. And looking at the science of it, my first question is, the the vaccine that we have now, compared to the vaccines for polio and rubella and tuberculosis and all those other things, those actually keep us from getting this disease. The polio it's, shot 
keeps you from getting polio. And there's decades of research and, and you know, you don't need a booster in tuberculosis. Sure. You need a TB shot. You need a tetanus shot every 10 years or whatever, but they keep you from getting the disease. And we were sold on this new COVID vaccine, keeping you from getting the disease. It was sold as a preventive emergency use authorization says it's a preventive and it doesn't, it doesn't keep you from getting it. It doesn't keep you from spreading it. And now you've got Moderna, their stock going up 5% because they've announced this new booster that's going to combine COVID and flu inoculation. Well, vaccination. It's not going to inoculate. It's not going to keep you from getting it. It'll mitigate symptoms maybe. But it just it's another point where it feels like we're being lied to. We're being sold a bill of goods. Well, it, I, I do think uh, the vaccine probably does reduce symptoms and survival rate. I mean, we're, we're only a we're not even a year into it. So we'll see the, the vaccine was only, I think December was the first time a human had ever received anything other than the trials. So, and I, I think the death rate from COVID is lower for people that have had it. Right? So it probably accomplishes something, but we'll see, see over time what, what happens. It, but it doesn't induce myocarditis in younger people, yeah. which is very survivable in the short term, but the five-year death rate from after having myocarditis is, is measurable. It's around 50%. So, I saw I, something uh, early on uh, talking about the spike protein attaching itself to various different uh, ACE receptors in different organs. And the myocarditis is part of that where you've got you know it attaching to the heart, but it's also attaching to lungs. It's also attaching to liver. And we don't know the long-term effect, but... You know, we get some hand wavium. Don't question the science. Trust the science. And and I'm thinking, science is all about asking questions. So science is all about re-examining what we think we know, and doing experiments to see if we actually know what we know, or if we need to know more. Well, you don't want to be a heretic. You know, that's people <laughs> been thrown in jail for that for questioning the church forever. Uh, but you know, I don't really have. You know, we don't. We frankly don't know. Yeah. Uh, long consequences it's producing a spike protein and well we'll we'll know in 10 years so. so as as all of this goes down and and these these pharmaceutical companies have their immunity from legal action for for example moderna stocks going up those of us who are sitting here kind of hesitant about all of it should we be looking at various different places for our money to go i mean should we be buying up gold and stocking up on cigarettes and alcohol for barter items or something? Or what, <laughs> yeah. what, do, we, what do we do in the next five years? What kind yeah, of well, plan that's, that's would you suggest? Question. Well, I, I, I'll tell you, as long as they keep producing money, I think the stock market will be fine. I, you know, there's probably going to be some other cryptocurrencies that are going to go from pennies to thousands. I have no idea which one it would be, but, and I don't really know how that ends up happening. Uh, yeah. if, if a particular group gets behind them, are you but, seeing uh, any I'm kind not of try and pick one? Yeah, are you seeing any kind of trends right now on the types of stocks that are trading heavier than others? And in, in uh, the... not so much heavier, but I think that I'm a uh, you know I'm from a conservative standpoint, I would definitely looking at the oil companies that pay a big dividend like uh, Exxon. Mm-hmm. There are some other and natural and some of the limited partnerships uh, in the energy sector because that's energy's not 
going to go down. We're, <laughs> they will continue to restrict production. Yeah. The small players are going to be knocked out forever. And so the money's going to go to the, the larger companies, in my opinion. So Speaking of small players, let me ask you this. We've got people out here, and, and I'm, I'm among them, people who don't have a whole lot of discretionary income to dabble and play in the market. So for those people who don't have, because I've I've talked with people before, I've talked with brokers, you know, this, and they're going, and I hear the advertisements. If you've got at least five thousand dollars in assets that you can, I was like, I don't have five grand. I, you know, that's that's not. So how do, how would the small trader, the person who doesn't have a whole lot in the nest egg, how how would you suggest? They go about getting started in the market, or, well, or should they? they? Is this they use their throw the throw the mat throw the money under the mattress? Well, I, I want to you know be a trader, I, but uh, I'll tell you just currently the stock market. I mean, looking forward, well, looking backward at the last ten years, it's probably made around ten percent on a decent mutual fund. A lot of them have averaged six or seven. If you structure, if you add that up to putting in you know, so much a month and a lot, a lot of mutual funds, you could start with $25 a month, uh, buying some decent growth fund. And, uh, there'll be times when it comes down some, but over, over time, right. The odds. What look, a, look at history. I don't, so I don't have anything exciting to recommend. No, that's, that's, that's fine. I'm, I'm not looking for anything but, sexy. Just, you know, a smart plan is, is something worth having, but, but you know, you can borrow, your home mortgages are, well, probably the cheapest money available is uh, your home mortgage, which yeah. most people like they're three or four percent typically. But if you've got uh, people that are that are faced with the prospect of losing their job over this vaccination thing, not only are you looking at you know the impact on where they live, what kind of you know their their bills that they have to pay, whatever credit cards that they got to pay, but also now four hundred one ks, their retirements. What happens to those? Where does that money go? You know, do they, you know, well, depending on how it's structured, do they get it? Do they get a payout or does it just kind of poof, go yeah, away? You're, you're poof. For, no, if, if you're in a 401k, it's your money if you lose your job or whatever. And uh, you can always pull it out. Yeah. Or I'll talk to your, <laughs> talk to talk your, to your yes. with a pen. You may have to pay a penalty, but it's your money. If you, now, there are some other time, kinds of employee stock ownership plans where. Uh, the money may be stuck with the employer if you leave after a certain amount of time. What? And there could be some retirement plans where if you're you're only there a couple of years, they might be able to pull back some of their uh, employer contributions. Yeah, but that that's be a case by case thing. What but if generally? Let me let me go 1984 on you again. What if the government decides you're not vaccinated? We're going to confiscate your 401k. You can't have it back until you get this get the shot. Can well, that happen? Well, <laughs> it should not be able to, but right. the answer is, of course, yeah. They, it, there, I'm sure there would be a percentage of people right now that would say that's a good idea. So, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Crazy time. Yeah. So, and yeah, yeah, you could probably expect that to be battle. Uh, I haven't heard that particular one, but it's probably the kind of bad idea that We'll get some traction <laughs> and hopefully die a quick death. But hopefully, yeah, one one can hope. Uh, by the way, Mrs. Boss Mazura says hi if, in case you're lurking. So uh, Mindy says hi back. Um, okay, so 
what happens in the short term? I mean, we talk about in the long term forecast of things that it could do. What should we be looking at happening? Because you know the 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 movie theaters. You know, well, let's let's take a look at that for a second because the the I t- let me let me do this because I told you I would do this. Let's do this. Let's talk about the the entertainment industry after our break. I mean, we're this is a new exper. Well. Yeah, we'll go ahead and do this. This is an experiment. We're testing the ad the ad placements on YouTube. So once this is uploaded to YouTube, we'll we'll be able to place it. But we're going to take a very quick break, run a couple of spots to give us a place for them to go. And then when we get back, we're going to talk about what's happening in Hollywood right now with Marvel making their decisions about theatrical runs. And uh, we'll talk about that here in just a second. So uh, let's hit this button here. We'll be right back. You're watching Sci-Fi for Me TV. It's a good reminder for folks out there in the world that not everything has to appeal to us in every conceivable way. And it's okay. It's okay to not enjoy something, but it's okay that other people do too. And, so, and doesn't just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. And, and we should it's stipulate, good if you and do we like should it. stipulate that if you don't like it, it doesn't automatically make you a racist Nazi. The H2O Podcast, Monday night at 8, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Sci-Fi for Me is about to take you on an incredible journey into the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Interviews with writers, filmmakers, artists, and actors. Conventions and fandom. Previews and reviews of movies and television. Sci-Fi for Me is working to be the most popular science fiction magazine in the solar system. Subscribe now and enter the fantastic world of Sci-Fi for Me. Delivering the multiverse since 2009. Thanks for watching Sci-Fi for Me TV. Be sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our channels so you don't miss our next broadcast. You're watching Sci-Fi for Me TV, delivering the multiverse since 2009. All right, back. Live from the bunker. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Jason Hunt here, along with Matt Stevens. We are talking about money, 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 money. Uh, now, here's the here's the next thing. In the wake of uh, Black Widow and the lawsuit from Scarlett Johansson, we've had an impact. The Russo brothers might be uh, might be impacted in that with the. Uh, their deal negotiation getting locked up and they may end up not being able to or not wanting to commit to another Marvel movie. But then you have Shang-Chi doing decent at the box office and Marvel is sitting there saying, okay, for all of our new releases, we're going to do a 45-day exclusive window theatrically, which is kind of going back on their original decision to do day and date. We have Dune that's going to be hitting theaters and HBO Max, I think, right? Um, Salem's Lot's been delayed. Furiosa's been delayed. You still have some films where the production company, Warner Brothers, is sitting there going, we're going to wait. And you've got others that are sitting there saying, okay, well, there's enough of a 
there's enough of a track record here. We can see some performance. They're happy with what Shang-Chi's doing. So El the Eternals is going to get 45 days. Does this indicate maybe a little bit of a turnaround in the the entertainment economy, do you think? Well, I, I hope so. I, I, just, I personally love going to movies, and I, I haven't anymore. I, I go to some film festivals, of, which I think are going to come back, hopefully. But I really miss uh, going out to a movie theater and experiencing a film with, a, you know, 10 to, you know, 200 people in the audience. Um, that's certainly not the same watching it at home. So, yeah. so yes, I do think it is. It must be indicating that there's something good happening. And the stock at AMC is up, you know, significantly. And I don't, I don't think it's all. I, I haven't looked at their revenues. AMC is at 52. I'm sure some of it's just the meme people uh, playing it. But, <laughs> you know, I'll have to look up their revenues for next time and see if they are actually going up. But obviously they're higher than last year. Right, but one thing I haven't really seen are individual the theatrical advertisements. They do advertise the releases, but you know I don't know if it's you know it's going to be shown at Cinemark or AMC or or Dickinson. But so did, looking more at them, did so. they did they used to do that? Because um, I can't um, right off the top of my head. I don't recall when they were saying you know that it was going to be in. AMC or Cinemark, because depending on the market, sometimes you had an AMC theater would have it, and you go over across the river, and you've got the the general cinema would have it. it just depends on who who got the bid. Yeah, there were you know you're you're in, you were in a film group that had a lot of actors, and a lot of people were in the AMC commercials that yeah. were shot frequently in Kansas City. So yeah, you might remember that was a sort of place to be a good extra from time to time. <laughs> yeah. So. Not so much anymore. I mean, this new campaign no, no, that I they've got with Nicole. Well, they just they just shot this new one with Nicole Kidman, and it was you know, hey, let's all go back to the movies, and she's sitting in a completely empty theater. I'm I'm not sure that that's giving a giving <laughs> giving off the message that they want to give off. Well, they should have had you direct it. You would have seen oh, that oversight. <laughs> yeah, oh, maybe. Uh, Sci-fi snob in the chat says, "Can't wait for Dune." I, I know there are a lot of people that are looking forward to that. There's a lot of good buzz about it. Um, my my concern, and we'll talk about this tonight on H2O, where you have a lot of hype. Venice Film Festival. They got an eight-minute standing ovation. There are a lot right. of lot of expectations on this. There's a lot riding on it. And, of course, Villeneuve has come out saying, you know, this is something you need to experience in a theater. This is not there. He's he's Good. he's really set against the day and date model, even though he's kind of stuck with it. But the other the other part of that is, you know, you get these expectations. And if the box office numbers are not there, then we don't get a part two because this is a part one and part two prospect. And. If we were to get part one, and part one does not perform at the box office to expectations for Warner Brothers, and we don't get part two, how much impact, negative impact, do you think that has on, you know, our blockbuster movies on the way out? Do you think the really big two hundred million dollar big budget films? No, I, I no, I, I don't think so because they're gonna. Well, tend, they they tend to not rely as much on di subtle dialogue so they play better in around the world so 
I mean, the, the superhero movies in particular. So I think they're going to have to keep making those. They're not going to be able to make a small family drama. That's yeah, but Dune well is Dune is not Dune, Yeah, but Dune's not a simple story. No, I, I am not really familiar. <laughs> I didn't see the original one, but this is this the first remake of Dune? Yeah, uh, no, it's it's not. David Lynch did one. I mean, this thing's okay. been the the one that ended up being with da- the David Lynch production. That one had been in development for. I mean, you had. Uh, Joe Dorsky was going to do one with with uh, Pink Floyd doing the the soundtrack. Um, there's been several attempts. David Lynch ended up doing it. Sci-Fi Channel did a miniseries adaptation of both Dune and uh, Children of Dune. And now you've got this new one from from Denis Villeneuve, and it's from all accounts, it is probably. I don't. I don't know if it's the most faithful, but it's one of those where everybody that's seen it so far has just gushed about it. So, well, good. Well, I hope we get a more. part two. If it's if it's an if it's a faithful adaptation, that's the key. You know, I know they've they've taken some creative liberties with it as far as uh, I think there's one character that's been gender flipped, but they they have a particular reason why they did that, I guess. But if if part one lives up to expectations and we don't get part two, there are going to be a whole lot of people disappointed. Well, it's very possible that part two will cost a lot less to produce. Mm. The, the actors are probably already attached. Uh, probably a lot of the sets or CGI that are already made. And uh, like Avatar, they when Avatar came out, they said uh, the second film was already shot. It was on a hard drive. I don't even know if they came out with the second <laughs> film. But it hasn't come out yet. Two... Two, three, and four, I think, are all being shot at the same time. You've got okay. uh, you've got them going back to back, and I think two, two was supposed to be out uh, this this year, Christmas, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty one, Avatar two, Cameron. That thing's been moved a few times, but I want to say it was supposed to come out this this coming Christmas, but they they and moved it. Ten year, a full ten years, I think, since yeah. the first one. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah, it is. But, well, uh, but they thought the second one. When, of course, technology's changed so much. Maybe what they rendered before won't be of value. Well, the other part of it too. You look at, you know, you talk about sequels from from long, long ago. You know, Star Wars. There's there's thirty years in between, and now yeah. we're going to get a sequel to The Rocketeer. Finally, uh, uh, it feels uh, like. You, Hollywood keeps going back to well, let's let's do the things that are somewhat familiar to the audience. We're not going to give them anything brand new. I mean, you're looking at you look at the 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 trailer for season two of Picard, and it feels like a Star Trek's greatest hits with Q and the Borg Queen and time travel, and we've altered the uh-huh. timeline, and we have to get it back. And I'm like, okay, well, if most of the if most of the show takes place in 21st century Earth, that doesn't cost as much. Uh-huh. So it feels like maybe they're trying to save money by doing something that has been done before. I mean, it's been you know the well, time yeah, time I travel mean, thing's been done to death, but we got some sort of a built-in audience, and uh, you know when you do, well, I always use the example of James Bond. James Bond, you have to spend zero time introducing a character. You know, every story begins, every every story begins with Once Upon a Time. And James Bond, you don't have to do that. You know kind of <laughs> what world you're in and you know who this guy is. Right. Before you walk into the theater. 
and Dune probably has that sort of character already built in. I'm not I'm not familiar with the series. Um, but, uh, well, the thing degree. the thing about Dune is there's a lot of world building, and it's going to have to it's going to have to be delivered in a way that doesn't take a whole lot of time. I don't know. I I haven't. Uh, seen what the running time is I want to say it's over two hours but the amount of world building uh, that you're going to have to have is quite extensive it's not something you're going to be able to do some shorthand of the first couple of minutes and say here are all your players it's 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 going to be a little bit more complicated than that and I'm hoping that they do it in a way that's really organic and says, okay, well, you know, we're just going to roll this out as a natural progression in the story as opposed to here's an info dump, here's some exposition here, here's some exposition here, now we can get on with the story. Uh, of course, you, but you're familiar enough with it that you wouldn't really need all of that, would you? Well, it's been a while since I've read it, but no, I mean, I'm, I I know who the players are, I know who the characters are, and what the general story is, so yeah, it, it wouldn't be that much. But, but yeah, then, probably most of you, right? But most then you go into, be. yeah, most people are not in that audience. If you're trying to appeal to a broad general audience, uh, and this is something we've talked about with regard to the superhero films, and that you have... Um, you have stories that are being told in the movies and there's no connection whatsoever, uh, no attempt to tie it into the comic books. And the comic book readers, you're, what, maybe 30, 40, 50,000 people as opposed to, you know, a couple of million who see the movies. And I think Dune is going to be the same way. You have a very limited number of people who have read that book. Uh, probably more than you might think, but not as many as you need for a, a blockbuster $200 million movie to be successful. And, and, and the jury's still out on Shang-Chi. I mean, if they, if they made the movie for $150, 200000000 million, you're looking at having to clear 500 before they're even in the black. So, you know, it's not a success yet. It's on its way. But it's not a success yet, and I think people are sitting there going, "Oh, it's a hit! It's a hit!" Well, it doesn't yeah. mean it's going to make money. Oh yeah, there are a lot of great movies that never made a dime. Yeah. But, so uh, I don't know it, what what happens in the next year, economy wise, because then of course you turn around with, you know, you get back to the to the vaccine mandates. All right, let's say that AMC decides that all of their employees have to get a a, a shot how many people are going to leave how many people are going to get fired what does that do to uh what does that do to how many movies you can see at a particular theater are you going to lose half your half your screens uh i suppose it, it could uh it could happen of course some people will be entering the workforce again and be happy to get vaccinated and get the job some people will i I hope they start giving credit to people that studies around the world have shown that people that have actually been infected are very well immune and don't don't really need a vaccine. And they, you can't, you can't say talk that about now. following the science, and it's been you that way for you know, thousands and thousands of years. But they don't get any acknowledgement of it you, here. You, you can't say that. No, you I, can't I, say I, that, I Matt. Shot, it's, uh, you can't say that, Matt. I, <laughs> We're not allowed I, to I, talk I about that. Yeah. yeah. 
they actually caught it and uh, have no intention of getting the shot unless they have to but well it's it's, it's the have to part that bothers a lot of people yeah i think mm-hmm. so all right so well, it, yeah <laughs> anyway all right so uh, if anybody wants to i know you and you have have some restrictions on how people can find you because of the the independent nature of what you do as a as a right. advisor um what anybody wants to find out any more about this kind of thing where do they go uh well i kind of have a presence on facebook uh, but i don't really talk about uh, investments much except for real estate that's that's right do do during the day but i'm a i am a advisor on uh various things with, with some broker dealers but uh i don't advertise so i don't talk about their the name of yeah publicly so or they'd have All to right. get registered so well in that particular case if anybody's got questions around you can send them our way and we'll we will forward them live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com yeah. is the email of course, there's always the comment section on these videos. And we will plan to do this again in a month and see what happens because things continue to ebb and flow and fluctuate and who knows where we're going to be in a month, right? Yeah, we could we could all be changing. just trading cigarettes by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> all right, Matt Stevens, thanks very much for being here, sir. Jason, thank you very much. All right, and thank all of you for being here as well. We do appreciate it. And uh, don't forget, tonight on the H2O podcast, we'll be talking about our expectations for Dune. Is it going to live up to the hype? And if it doesn't, what happens after that? So that's coming up tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. Hopefully, we'll have our live button on YouTube again by then. I don't know. We'll see what uh, what's going on. In the meantime, uh, we do invite you to subscribe to the channels. We do also want to emphasize that the Odyssey channel is up and running. We have a link in the chat. We're going to put the link in the comments. Uh, we do invite you to check us out over there as well. I think we're up to 145. Uh, and uh, that's, uh, that's another way that you can see this stuff, and it's not quite as... Uh, technically challenged shall we say uh so that's going to do it for us today thanks very much for watching uh the rest of the week is up in the air we're working on schedules for guests we'll let you know so uh connect with us over on all the social medias in the meantime make sure that you are checking out the rest of our videos have your notifications turned on we will have an update on event schedules vaccination and mask policies a little bit later on today And uh, we'll be back to do this all again tomorrow. Remember, there are four lights. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.